We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Aurora! Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mack. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two chances right up. Welcome to episode number 25, I think, of yep, The Take 25. with Willie Mason. I am here with Willie Mason. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad. How are you? Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah? We're what actually, we? we're live on Facebook. We are? We actually are. The producer managed to do something right. Oh, well. So, Good work, producer. Yep. No, we're he's live. done well. We're live. I think I'm going to have to lay off the producer a little bit because it's been brought to my attention that I'm being very cruel and it's workplace bullying. No, nah, it's not. It's fun. It's, he uh, loves it. It's all right. Well, that actually leads into our first topic, which What's is workplace it? bullying. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Seabold uh, in the new twist. We, we were very uh, sorry to hear about all of the things that had happened to him last week, which is outside of the football world. Mm-hmm. I feel like possibly this whole cyber crime team that he's put on to the case could be a little bit much, <laughs> it if is. you ask me. Who has he brought in? CSI? Uh, CSI? CSI, KGB, yeah. the CIA. CIA. Yep. CSU Special Victims yeah. Unit. Yeah. So what is it? CSI Seabold, they're calling it. That's, 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 uh, that's the next show, isn't it? I think uh, they should, they, that, that should be a hit. Trying to find out who's been sullying his name. I don't understand much about the internet, as you are aware, and I don't understand much about Same. computers, but I find it very difficult to believe that they are going to be able to track back. From whoever originally wrote this, um, and it was there's no question it was appalling what was written. Yeah, how are they honestly going to find who wrote it? What a waste of time, man! I mean, it's a waste. It's a waste of uh, waste of time for the police. Waste of time for the actual consumers of papers and mainstream media, and just like filling up bullshit slots. It was just. I don't even read the papers, and it's it's pathetic what's going on. Like, I mean, everybody goes through shit like this. Um, you just can't help it. You just got to go. Okay, well, this is this is the society we live in. People can just make shit up about you. You just got to wear it. You know what I mean? I understand from last week. I don't agree with anybody um, bagging his family or anything like that. Our show is totally against all those kind of things. We just we will comment on your coaching, how you're playing, all those kind of things. Family is well off, and it's just like, what 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 do they? What does he expect these guys to do? Well, I mean, he's, they're, they're talking the task force? potential. They're talking potentially defamation or civil cases or whatever. I don't understand. Really, it's already out there. I mean, everybody knows it's not true. Oh well, anyone who doesn't know it's not true probably lives in you know the tinfoil hat land. But I, I mean, the paper now having a field day with it because it's not just going away. News cycles go away. He's now bringing attention to it even more. Yeah, they're bringing out these rumours that it's, you know, NRL associates, players, coaches, I think the mascots, I think the Illawarra Steeler, I think he's been one of the main suspects now. He is, he's, a definite, he's, a, definite, he's definitely he's, a suspect. I but, just, it's becoming a bit of a joke. I mean, last week I think people actually really felt sorry for him. This week, people are just going, come on, man, let's just, let's just get along with you coaching the Broncos and getting the Broncos a win. That's about it. That's that's all I'm worried about. I mean, that's all the Broncos fans are worried about. That's all the Broncos players are worried about. We're like, fuck, man, how are you going to find the dude who made up some rumours about you? If I, was, if I was trying to find people that made up rumours about me, I would be just fucking 
You, it's, <laughs> it's mostly me that makes it the is, room. Is, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I just, I just cannot spend that much bullshit energy on trying to find people who make up rumors. You better you can find Jimmy Hoffa before they find those folks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just ridiculous. I don't. I just don't understand his mindset. He's a grown ass man. Deal with it. This is two. This is twenty twenty. People are absolute assholes, and they make up shit all the time. You're a, you're a professional coach. Coach. What about? The other thing, there are other people mentioned in those messages as well. You know, the wives of players. I mean, those 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 messages were like so unsavory. It was awful to read. But it's not just him that was affected. You know, there were other players that yeah. that, that had their wives yeah. linked to boyfriends, wives. You know, um, there was uh, there was sponsors, wives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of people got dragged into this awful rumor. And like it's not just Seabold. I wonder the, if he more, spoke to them and asked yeah. if they how they felt about him going on with but it. And, like the this. Mo- and the more he brings it up and asks for all these, you know, for the CIA and FBI and you know, like all, all these big, uh, big in um, Scotland big, Yard, Scotland Yard. There's <laughs> so many that he's he's actually rang to bring out. You know, it's just it just brings up old shit again. Like I just don't understand. He should be old enough and more mature enough just to go. All right. It is what it is. These guys are full of shit. I'm done. He did a and piece. even if they did find a, find the person, which I doubt, what are you going to do? Well, they'll sue him, presumably, and then it gets dragged through the media again. again? That's what I mean. Uh, there's no win. There is no, no win. win. It's like it's, people are going to de- deny it. Unless, you know, the amount of money that the police and the government have to spend on bullshit like this? Well, presumably he has to pay for this himself. I mean, I can't imagine. He'd have to be funding it. With, you know, I don't know what this cyber team – let's be honest. Nothing's going to come of it. That's that's. So, I mean, so I'm, you I reckon he wrong. he is funding this well, himself? To. Police wouldn't do it. There's no way they'd be saying like. That's and, what I'm and saying. Also, but if, so if they aren't, you're wasting you're wasting thousands and thousands of dollars. Where I think a lot of people could use that money. I don't know how much it costs to get a cyber team into. Someone actually said I had a fat head. Massad, on. he's trying to get Massad over here. Apparently, <laughs> they're going to cost a fair bit. Someone said I had a fat head. I might sue. Really him. Yeah. sue him. I do have a fat head though. Fast as the truth <laughs> test. I just what? don't understand how you can't get over. You can't. You cannot get over that shit. Some of the shit that has been said about me that I was like, "Damn, I wish I could find this prick." I, like, well, I you just, can I, yeah. I, I can't, there's no chance I will follow the I mean? Anthony no, Seabold. <laughs> follow CSI Seabold <laughs> every Thursday night. What I found odd was that he's come out. Um, he did an interview with Buzz. And, buzz the Buzz, and he was saying. That, you know, no one at the NRL had contacted him and he was all upset because of that. I mean, I just think the people that he should have around him are his family and his mates and his team. And whether the NRL have reached out or not, I mean, what would... I don't know what's, if that helps. What's, what's Volandi's going to give him a hug and say everything's going to be okay? No, Play, Players don't get that shit. Mm. They don't care. You just got to... It is what it is. You're in this bubble, so to speak, NRL bubble. And regardless of you, obviously they are in a bubble right now but you're in the NRL bubble and you just got to deal with this kind of stuff man it comes with the territory you know obviously this is probably new new sort of ground because no coach has been hammered like this yeah you know Wayne Bennett hasn't Bellamy no there's there's been no coach absolutely name being run through the mud like it is now it's new territory for everyone so I don't know man I just don't see the big deal in it I mean I understand last week don't go near his fucking family you know don't don't say anything about his daughter or anything like that. It's just that's awful. But like, just coach, Seebs. Just coach. You know, get the get the boys a win, make the team happy. This it's sort of turn. 
you're making the boys think that you don't really care about them. Because if I was in, if I was in that position, if I was a young Bronco, and I'm like, damn, what's the coach doing? Yeah. He's worried about clearing his name, man. He should be worrying about coaching us and trying to get that next W so we can get on a little bit of a roll and finish the season good. You know what I mean? Like he's losing a lot of the he's losing the locker room. He lost the he's lose he's lost the locker room before all this shit. Yeah. I think the best thing for Anthony Seabold is to just, you know, I think the Broncos and him need to come to an agreement and whether they let him coach for the rest of the year, but I think it's time for him. We said that last for week. For his own sanity. We said that last week. For, I mean, some sometimes, you know, be careful what you wish for. Don't some people just aren't cut out to be first graders. Some people just aren't cut out to be New South Wales players, Australian players, first grade coaches, you know. Maybe he's not cut out for it. Maybe in a couple more years. And when Stanley the Steeler gets caught, we'll both feel yeah. very sorry that we've disbelieved the Kremlin. <laughs> but one bloke who uh, is also having a bit of a bad run in terms of public opinion is probably Kevin Proctor. I think Kevin Proctor yeah. has been pretty hardly... I think he's been hard done by, to be honest, from from the footage that I saw and, and understanding what happens when someone shoves their arm in your mouth... Yeah. I think if Sean Johnson hasn't made that allegation on the field, then it just moves on. There's no – Proctor doesn't get sent off. He doesn't ruin my multi just quietly. <laughs> and then nothing comes of it. Yeah. But because – and I understand why the NRL had to act. There was, a, there was an allegation of biting on the field and everybody heard that. Perinara acted around that. Sean Johnson showed his arm and there was obviously some sort of a, a bite mark. On, yeah. There was some sort yeah. of... Yeah, I don't get it. But I, I thought the judiciary had clear him. I honestly did. I honestly did too. It was... I think they made the wrong the wrong call there. I've seen some... Uh, and it's happened to me on the field. I mean, a uh, player I played over 10, 10 origins with and 10 tests with did the exact same thing. My, my wrist, my, I mean, I was crank. I mean, a head crank hurts. Yeah, Conor McGregor tapped out for that shit. Like it doesn't, it doesn't tickle. I'm not sure if he was obviously trying to tap him out, but like his fucking wrist was in his mouth. What do you want him to do? He's trying to probably talk. He didn't actually clinch down. Like you look at all the all the evidence. It's like he didn't really he didn't bite him. You know what I mean? Like the, the allegation it, did he bite him? If he bit him, and he you could see it clearly biting down on his wrist, or was he trying to just get out of it? And trying to say, get the fuck off my, get your wrist out of my hand. Do you know, like, surely get your wrist a bite, out of my mouth. Do you surely know, like, a bite, bite would would be both. Oh man, top. I mean, that's what is, I'm saying. You can see, uh, there's no clenching. You know what I mean? I'm just like, that's not a bite, man. And that's actually happened to me on the field. You know what? I slapped the dude in the head and said, "You're a fucking idiot." There's no way I was going to winch because I know the repercussions of someone biting. Mm. You know, it's it's a, it's a low act. But if like if I didn't know the bloke or anything like, that, I probably punch, I would probably probably punch him in the head. To be honest. And then get along with it. And if the ref said what happened, nothing happened. Well, you'd have been sent off for that now. Oh, you'd right. have been sent off either way. I, I don't think so. I, I think if if Sean Johnson had just slapped him and just carried on instead of fucking whinging, he would have been fine. But Look, it's just it's just the whinging fact. And then they and I think Perinara acted too swiftly. He because he, he said he it. said it straight away. If it's could you see it, in, you'd hear it on his mind. If that's a, if that's a bite, he's sending. He's getting sent off. Didn't even look. He had a pre, he had he had this. He already had it in his head. He's preconceived. He's already. He's gonna. If he's, he's gonna get sent off, if he's looks like he's biting him, didn't even look at the whole replays, man. If you looked at all the all the replays for like thirty seconds, which was, which was on TV, you wouldn't have sent him off. Can you send that to the bunker? I mean, is there I don't a, know. like if you? I mean, because it's a pretty important. I don't know what the bunker does really, but 
Can you? I would have. Say, just have a, a have a look have at a look this. At this. Is this a send off offence? Is this a bite? Is it a send off offence? Is it a bite? Take a look at it. Take a good couple of minutes of it. Mm. Take a look at it for a couple of minutes, and then make the right make the right call. They made the wrong call. Put Proctor in a worse position. Terrible predicament. And I just think that the judiciary was even worse. Went for they, four they, hours. they could have just come up and just said, you know what? It wasn't a bite. It didn't clench down. And like, oh man, it just shits me, man. You just can't. They can never make the right decision. It's so I feel sorry for Kevin Proctor too. Because, 250 games, yeah. 250 games. I think it was 12 all at the time. They were right in that game. And as soon as he went off, deflated. And then, you know, they just and there's ran only away been three bites. And the, the other one was obviously Benny Elias bit himself and blamed Mario Fennick. Yeah, for that was it. pretty good. You know, that's not bad. Brad, but Morin, knows. Brad Morin bit Tamana Tahu in a. In a semi-final, oh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I yeah. think um, there was a couple others I was showing on Channel 9 today, and two of them got off. Looked way worse. Yeah. I and was then, really and surprised, then, And then I looked honest. at that for four weeks. It's like, come on, man. Like, did he bite him? Did he bite him? If he bit him, give him 12 weeks. Mm. Don't give him four. Oh, it was a, it's a half bite. It's either a bite or it's not a bite. Yeah. That's it. You don't get four weeks because it's like, oh, well, he might have bit him. That's where there's so much grey area. That's why fans get pissed off and players get so pissed off. They go into the judiciary and they don't know what the fuck is going to happen. You know what I mean? It's, it's very frustrating. I think, what about Joel Thompson's tongue, speaking of bites? That was crook. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. The other thing in terms of New Zealand players, Marty Tapau, he got obviously cleaned up by a young Jack Hetherington who's, I mean, he's an A-grade lunatic, that kid. I love him. <laughs> I like but, him. Um, get Bulldogs, he, sign him. He didn't miss. Bulldogs, with, sign him, please. Well, he's at Penrith. He's on loan, remember? Ta- oh. Trust me. <laughs> Bulldogs? Trust me. Oh, there we go. You heard it here first. Uh, so, Tapau gets knocked out cold, comes out and says, he has a week off, obviously, because of, you know, it was a pretty significant trauma. Mm-hmm. He was out for half an hour. He's come out today and said that he, he went and got his own CT scan because he's worried about you know, obviously brain trauma and things like that. He, the story that he told was basically that he was out for about 30 minutes and then it got worse and worse and worse. And for that week leading up to the game, he was getting headaches and things like that. It's literally a week later. How is he playing? Like if, if the NRL are fair income about, and you look at the NFL as a baseline of, of how things, if they're handled badly, can end up. I don't understand eight how bil- the NRL... Eight billion dollar lawsuit. Exactly. So how is Tapau playing this week? Of course that he wants really, to play. That really, really frustrates me because, as you said, he went and did his own CT scan. The club didn't even send him. Like, he got knocked out cold. If you're in boxing or UFC, it's a mandatory, like, six weeks. Yeah. And then you've got to pass all these tests, not just the little cog tests and all these kind of stuff that the NRL do. Really need to knuckle down on this stuff, NRL. And I think the NRL should trump every single NRL club, the actual governing body, just like they do when the integrity committee comes in and if you fuck up off the field, they come in and they do their own job, don't they? Yeah. When there's something like this and a, and a knockout just as severe as to power cop, they should be going, are you doing all your due, due diligence? And there should be a mandatory four to six weeks out when you're getting knocked out like that. I can understand with the head knocks every, every week, but not like Tapao. That's, that, that, that's been pretty rare. And for one week and you think your brain's fine? Oh, I know. It's awful. And I think Manly should be doing their due deal. So Donny Singe and all that, that group over there, they're very professional. But I think the NRL need to come over the top of every NRL team, especially in a situation like that, and 
really come down with it because we they do not want us. They don't know what a lawsuit on their hands well, not even in, that. in 10 want... years or in 20 years because that's when all these CTE things are going to be shown. I'll, be, I'll get my brain tested every five years mm. and it's, it's come up okay, thank God. But like I know a lot of players are scared to get that done because they, they're scared of what's going to come up. I, I look at the way Parramatta handled the Ryan Madison one where mm. Madison, he was right to play technically but, but they, they kept him back for a little bit longer because he's obviously had – you know, a couple of issues with that before. Mm. I understand Manly are down on troops. They're, they're, they've probably, them and the Roosters have probably had the worst injury toll this yeah. year. But you can't have that as a deciding factor on whether you play or not. Whether whether you've got all your players, whether you've got some of your players, if a bloke gets a knockout like that, yeah. they have to sit him out for more. Because as you have said a million times, players want to play. Of course he's going, I'm ready to go. Put me yeah. in, coach. But and you just got to pass a little cog test. I know exactly what they've got to do to get through to that next round. What's it's, the cog test? Tell, it's tell just, everyone. It's, a, it's a reaction thing on a computer. So at the start of the year, and it's on your database, you, at the start of the year, you got to, it's like a timing. It's like a timing thing. They flip cards over and you press, is, you know, is the card red? Yes. Is it, you know, like it just keeps going. Like it gets a little bit harder, a little bit harder, a little bit harder. So if you absolutely nail your, your cog test at the start, that's, that's your, that's your, uh, that's your database. That's, that's your, that's your baseline. That's your baseline. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you get knocked out round one or round 20 or round 15 or whatever, that's all you have to do is beat your baseline. So right. sometimes, and I know for a fact that, a lot of the senior players would not slow up on the baseline. Yeah, and I know that towards the back end of my career, I'd slow up on the baseline because I know during the year, if I got a head knock, I could easily pass the test. Yeah, and so there's ways. It's sort. Of, I'm not sure if they're doing it now. They might have cracked down on a lot, a lot, a lot more strict, a lot stricter, which I think they should because there are ways around it, and it's just not enough. Yeah, you need to go get your CT scan, and maybe the CT scan can come back fine. But mm. it's still not the, the fact that – just say if, if you're a boxer and you get knocked out like that UFC, it's like six weeks and then you've got to do the CT scan. Then you've got to do all these other tests and then you've got to prove to the to the governing body that you're right to fight. Yeah. Let alone just like one week. Yeah, I'm fine, guys. He's passed his test. Got a CT scan. It's all cleared. Of course it's going to be all clear. Mm. You know, it's just, there's got to be – Well, that's the whole thing with these, with these injuries. They're, they're a build-up over time. You're not going to look at a, a CT scan and see massive dramas now. It's, it's when – things start to degenerate over a period of time. That's yeah. the issue. And so, of course, the CT scan is going to be clear because unless there's major bleeding or there's actual trauma to the yeah. brain, which you're not going to see you are not, you're a not week after that. the game, you're not going to see it. You know, it's such a shame. I think the NRL should be a lot more, just a lot more strict on that kind of stuff. It's just you're playing with people's lives. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, do, you don't want a lawsuit. You know, just because you're not, you don't do your due diligence. You just sort of use these players going out there, you, these modern day gladiators, as we call us, and then go out there and just die pretty much for that club. Not literally, but you go out there and just bleed everything for that club. And especially being a front rower and former front rower, you just you don't want to let your mates down. They're at a position now where they have to, they must win every single game. You don't try, don't you dare try and say there's not outside pressure yeah, or inside pressure. It's, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. The coaches are looking at your sidewards. They're going, oh, he's a big boy. He can handle it. It doesn't matter about the size of the kid. You know what I mean? And mm. how much he can deadlift and squat and all this kind of stuff. You know, it doesn't matter. It's your brain that you're talking about. Yeah. It's nothing else. It's so, it's so important. I just think, you know, um, you know like he, maybe he should have just gone, you know, what? I'm not right to play. Because you feel right to play. 
You yeah. honestly do because you've had a week off, you've, you haven't done any running, and the next week you feel dynamite. You do. It's I fine. Think if, you if, actually feel fine. But, of course, I think if there is a, an, an obvious knockout like that, then I think you're right. The governing body probably exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, because like if you it. get if you get all these other little head knocks, you know you can come back. You just failed your your test on the on game day. Yeah, you're right. You can stand up. You're not getting massive headaches. You're not doing anything like that. You don't feel like spewing or anything. Then you find a sort of play. Yeah, that's a bit of a head knock. Not that man. That was that's a knockout. I think. Oh. Unfortunately, we had some head knocks before we did our bets last week. Because we came up with Donut, uh, a man whose head is too pretty to have ever had too many head knocks, Mm. is our man in the filthy state of Queensland, locked in his house (laughs) with nothing but his little thing behind his head with the Neds and the cartoon. (laughs) and Beautiful hat. Jared, how are you, mate? My homemade media board. I'm very well, boys. How are you? Did you actually make that yourself? Uh, one of the designers at work. Oh, you got people. Jared's I'd got like people. To credit, but I'm absolutely hopeless on the computer. <laughs> Same. So, well, you're safe from CSIC bold then. Yeah. Uh, unless you started it, Jared, in which case <laughs> we could be in strife. Uh, I'm in the right state. Now, Jared, I think it's best we don't talk about last week uh, for a number of reasons. Wasn't great. First of all, I'm in a punters club and. I don't know why I did this, but I thought the producer's been off the last couple of weeks. I'm going to throw in as part of my punters club bet, I'm going to throw in his bet. And I don't know, Jared, I feel like I shouldn't have because now it's just made me hate the bloke even more because now he's made me fail in public. (laughs) So anyway, you know, we live and learn. Mate, uh... Who goes first? Do you want to I'll go, go first? I'll go first. I'm actually going to delve into the world of AFL because my NRL tips have been AFL. AFL. I got some um, this some is good mates. Desperate. Some good mates down here. The producer thinks he knows a little bit about AFL. My mates have got nothing oh, to do mate. down in Melbourne but sitting there, sitting in their house and watch AFL. So, in a multi, I'm going to go Port Adelaide into the Tigers into Frio in no yeah Fremantle. Yep. Then I'm going to multi that into a horse called Special Reward. Special Reward. Yep. And then just because I love the NRL, I can't get away from it. I'm going to back the Bulldogs just for the win. Or is it called the line? Whatever it is. No, no, there's no line. Just Just, just the win. Just the win. And just head to head. Just for the sake of it. Oh, wow. Uh, you Josh, sure Addo- don't want to pull the pin. Down. No, no, no. Josh, Josh Addo Carr, anytime try yep. scorer, and I'm going to go with Blake Ferguson. <laughs> and you're going no, to no, go no, no, not Blake. No, not Blake Ferguson. Yep, Ronaldo, M- M- Mutilano, Ronaldo, the kid from Cronulla. Oh my God! From Cronulla. Yeah. Do, do you know what, Jared? Don't even bother putting a price on that. That's just ridiculous. Come on, man. <laughs> That'll be forty billion dollars. No, the it's, Sharks. Uh, kid, you know the Sharks well, kid, the winger for the, the winger. Sharks. I do know the Sharks. Yep. Ronaldo Mutalano. I've got him here now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Muli Tala. Um, I tuned out after. Okay. Through well, that. what's it? Come. What was your? Uh, what did we come out with odds wise last week? We One hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Well, I'm pleased to report that you're usurping that this week. We're looking at one hundred and sixty-two dollars <laughs> eighty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> See, this is why there I was, watch sport. There were so many. There were so many excellent opportunities to just have three or four legs there. Yeah, and no. I love how these just continue. They just kept going. Out. Where do you get the bloke from Canola? Yeah, I just want, he scores strikes all the time. Oh. <laughs> do you know what the best thing about going live, Jared, is that that's yeah. that is actually the first I've heard of that multi, and I probably would have said to him, "Do you know what, Will? I don't know. You could stop halfway, and you'd probably be a chance." Yeah. But no, nah. nope. That's good. <laughs> don't let me down, boys. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I think these seven legs, yep. uh, no, across, I'm, I'm sure at least some of these legs will get They'll up. They'll get up, so, yeah. You know, 100, 162. Did any very, of his legs get up good. last week, speaking of that? A couple. Oh, it did, a couple, so a couple did. The I Storm, storm yeah, I, bigger than 1 to 12. I lost interest after that, but I'm pretty sure there was. Yeah. I backed the Storm, you didn't. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Give me right. yours. Give me yours. So, we ended up with the same number of tips, though. Yeah, it was good. Because of tigers, how they go. Oh, anyway. uh, so I'm going back to the old faithful, Jared, because yep. uh, it's worked two out of three, and two out of three ain't bad. I think there's a song that says that. So I'm going to have the shit strike song. rate on this show: the Panthers, the Dragons, yep. and the Knights to cover the line, please, Jared. Cover the line. Yeah, okay. Pretty straightforward again here, Ian. It's a pretty big step towards the minor premiership again if the uh, if the Panthers beat the Sharks here. Mm. Pretty inconsistent, the Sharks. Um, probably a, a pretty obvious turning point in that game against the Titans last week. The line in this one's only nine and a half points. We actually went up with an eight and a half point line, would you believe, for the Dragons and the Broncos game. That was obviously never going to last. It's out to ten and a half points now. Still a pretty achievable prospect for the Dragons. <sighs> I was I looking at the though. eight and a half. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I think yeah, 10 and a half points. Ten, that's all right. That's not still too far up, off. Up, uh, up. And look, Knights and Cowboys, so. the line in this one is still only eight and a half points as well. I thought that was pretty generous towards the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys had them last time. Cowboys have been, they've had their measure this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe says something the, in that then. It's, sorry. Says the bloke who just had a 50 leg multi. Doesn't mean I don't watch NRL every single game. <laughs> all right. I know exactly what's going on. I just want to have fun and win money. For that club. There's you, not a lot want? of sense in any of these bets, but uh, we'll have a crack every week. But uh, same as usual, Ian, three $2 lines coupled into a multi, eight bucks once again. There we go. Thank you, Jared. And uh, I've decided because of workplace health and safety, I'm going to say something nice about the producer. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely not a fat mess anymore. Uh, and <laughs> his beard has got definitely less food Papa Smurf in beard. it than normal. Big Papa up there. He hasn't spilt much of his lunch in that disgusting orange-red-looking grey beard of his. But, Jared, what is our friend, the producer, the non-fatness? beard. Going even harder on the Facebook Live this week, Ian. All right, well, do you remember, Phil? <laughs> do you remember earlier? season when the producer told us that the AFL was actually his best sport and then he went ahead and tipped us into a three-leg multi and every leg fell over. That was none yeah. from three that week. That, that was, was a good week he, for me. He didn't, he, didn't yeah. get it. He, has, he didn't have a good gauge on the AFL. They were still, still finding their feet. It was coronavirus. That, yeah. Well, fair. Well, he's uh, he's diving back in and having another crack this week. Probably due a freshen up with the horses, though, to be fair. It's been a few weeks since yeah. we've... Uh, We've got one there. He's uh, he's landed on the Swans to cover an eight-and-a-half-point line as the outsiders against Fremantle. So straight off the bat, either the producer gets up or Will gets up or no one gets up this week. Um, Hopefully someone wins. Kilda to cover... Yeah, well, St. Kilda to cover a 15-and-a-half-point line as the outsiders against Brisbane Lions. 
And North Melbourne, just to beat Collingwood outright, that leg is paying $3.15. The Ooh. price for this multi is $12.60. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Winnable. Winnable, yeah. producer. Very winnable. I hope Wayne Carey winnable. kicks a bag. Is he still? <laughs> <laughs> he's still doing something with bags anyway. Uh, all right. So that concludes our uh, our betting. What We didn't actually win any money, but let's again remind everyone that we've actually got a fair bit of cash in the kitty. Yeah. Uh, and how Just- much cash have we got? We're going all right, $3,700. That's good. That's good. We just so need to hear up. from a few more clubs. Yeah. Will's, uh, Will's out there on the I was. Hustings. I was down there last night at, uh, at Bondi United, down there um, just doing a little bit of work with the young kids there, under 14s, and a few of the younger kids, they just they had no idea. They're just like, big Willie. They didn't even know who I was. They're no. like under sixes. I'm like, how the hell do you know my name? That was so cute. But, um, yeah, we got the message out there. We we want to get down there. We want to, you know, we want to kit out a whole club, you know, with um, with boots, with the jerseys, with their training gear, everything. So it's a great cause, and I think we're by the end of the year we're going to have a fair bit of money, I reckon. Yeah, we are. We've got a fair bit of money now, and that is yeah. very much thanks to our good friend Jared yeah. and Ned's. So Ned's have been great, mate. Thank you. Uh, I hope that those dogs I tipped you get up, and uh, let's <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> let's speak again <laughs> next week, mate. Have a good weekend. We'll see how those go- uh, those dogs go, I beg your pardon, yeah. and then we'll uh, we and, might speak and again. And my multis. Week. We'll speak again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, right. mate. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. All right, mate. And good luck, partners. See you, Jay. Cheers, bud. All right. See All you right. later. See you, mate. Um, you? Gamble responsibly. Please. Yes. Be nice. Exactly please. like I just did. Please gamble responsibly. Now, I'm going to look at the producer here. Are we going to go? We're going to continue. We are. That was actually quite loud. <laughs> In my ear. That's nice. That was good. Uh, all right, William. So this week is round something, 15 maybe, and yeah. there's some good games. Storm. Storm and fucking... Oh, storm do, you know how, do you know how I said... I like how you just... You've said the F word 70 times. I and have then not. Just, just, I didn't say... That's the first time. That was terrible. Ooh, ooh, I just said a swear <laughs> word. Because it was just a simple word. It's an eel. It's an eel. And a uh, you've done it again. Uh, all right, so the Storm... Remember last week I said it was the grand final replay? Yeah, I know. I, th- I thought about that often and I said, why did I say that? Anyway. Because <laughs> it, it was once. This is the grand final replay from, what, 2010 maybe? 2009. 2009, there we Heine, go. Heine still can't get over it. <laughs> well, I think that this game is going to be a bit of a test for the Eels because the Eels... I don't care what anyone says. They're in a slump. Yeah, one hundred percent in a slump. I, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. I think um, like getting beat by the Dragons. Like, I mean, I, I know they had everything to play for the Dragons with Mary. Thank God they sent him out a winner. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, like Parramatta are supposed to be, you know, a top four team. You know, like pretty much guaranteed preliminary spot to get into the grand final. They're trying to say Storm, trying to say Parramatta is going to be the grand final. Roosters, Para, all those kind of things. So all the all the um, you know, all the pressures on Parramatta. I'm not sure if they can they can deal with it. It's really it's really up to um, the coaching and the administration there, like just to just to get them on that, just to just to level them out a little bit. I'm not sure where they are because they are in a slump. It sucks. Don't let's just try and um, don't try and ignore. You can't it. dress even, it up. Yeah, even the games before that when they were just winning, they weren't they weren't winning pretty. And everyone said, "Oh, they, you know, it's good not to win pretty." No, some of those those tries that they were scoring were quite soft. So, um. 
I've been impressed with their front row always. Junior Paulo, I think, has been the best prop in the game at the moment. But, I reckon, um, I reckon more minutes been for awesome. him. They need more minutes from him. because when what, that, Junior Paulo? Paulo? Yeah, he didn't play big minutes last I week. I think he played like 70 minutes. Did he? Yeah. Okay, like he's getting, he's getting good. He's getting the first 40 out of thing, and then he's having a... Um, Probably, I think you get the first 30, 35 out and then not coming off, not coming on to the last 30. So he he's was, getting about 60, 65 He was out. so key to them going forward. He's he terrific. does because he's got so much skills for a big boy. He and he can, pass, he can pass the ball. That's why I hope Regan Campbell-Gillard can get into his game because yeah. he's all about that meterage and, and punching the line. I mean, if he can actually get a little bit of a pass, a pre-line pass, and have some... Um, you know, some young kids hitting holes at like near Cora. You know what I mean? Like he's a gun coming off the bench, mm. and they just need that. They need to have a couple of more combos. Like Nathan Brown runs such good lines on that, especially on the right side. He comes off his left foot good. I'm not sure why he's not linking up with Madison. Madison's not that sort of bloke that hits holes that good. Mm. You know, he wants early ball. So I think they need to start linking up and playing more as the more combinations between the forwards. You know, I just think, you know, Regan Campbell guard loves loves the ball on the right side of the ruck. Every time he runs, he runs in between B and C. C turns in. Like, you just need, like, a guy like even Mitchell Mose or Dylan Brown or someone or the right side back rower, like, hitting holes again. Like, it's just, you know, they just need a couple more combinations. Um, their forwards need to really work together. They, they still have a really good forward pack and a, and a gun back line, but... They can get some little combos working right now, especially off Brown, especially off, off Junior Paulo and Campbell Gillard. I think they can give it a good shake because that back line, man, it's a superstar back line. Fucking Clint Gutherson he's ran 369 well. metres. That's a record. Mm. Like, it's ridiculous, man. Like, he's putting up some great numbers. Sevo been a little bit down, you know, since he's been – I don't think people realise how tough the kid is. He's got a real bad hip. Problem at the moment. I think remember that kid from. Um, That's because he's still pulling James Tedesco's jaw. No, out but of like, remember the kid from uh, from Manly smashed him. Oh right yeah, yeah, he hasn't come good since that. Yeah. So his runs have been about probably eighty percent. He's still very effective, but just not as effective as he was. But like, I just can't. I can't go past Melbourne at what the moment. What about Melbourne though? Honestly, if you look at Melbourne, the, I know the Roosters were were down on troops last week, but they. Roosters were never in the game. I mean, they literally dismantled them from start to finish. And they had no they Smith, played, no Munster. Yeah. Like, they just keep turning up. They had um, – who did they have? Their first set, I think, was probably quite good. It was about 50 – probably 50 metres had a good kick. Then Melbourne got the ball. They made 26 metres. And that's about it. That's yeah. the only positive for the Roosters. Everything else was just Melbourne. Yeah. Brandon Smith was outstanding. Um, just like – I'll tell you at, who's at playing Ocar, well. At Ocar, Justin Ollum. How good is he? Oh, he like, Joseph Manu is like he's a, he's got he got rated by the players the as the, the best centre in the world. Yeah, he got schooled by the young Kumul. Yeah, he went crazy. Pappenhausen, I mean, Sandal Earls in for um for Vunivalu. They'll miss him. Josh Adokar is outstanding. Yeah, he's playing. I'm so not sure well. what he's doing uh, next year. I said Tigers or Bulldogs, and he wants to play fullback. I know he wants to play fullback because fullback means you get more money. If you can, if you isolate yourself just as a winger, winger they cap it at probably about five hundred, maybe yeah. maybe six hundred. But I think I think he can. He has the capabilities to play fullback. He's fit. He's strong. He defends good. He's got a great pass. He can kick. He's got a lot of skills, mate. They just put him on the wing because he's he's fast. I reckon if you sign him on big winning, wingers money and then play him at fullback, if he fails at fullback, you still got him at winger. You know, yeah. like it's like, it's a pretty. It's, it's, I'd a, lot, take it's the risk. a different. I, I, I would if I was the Bulldogs, I'd throw the I'd throw everything at him. Mm. And I think, and I think he would come. Yeah, 
I just think you just can't have a have a talent like that who's in his prime wants to come back to Sydney. I know. I mean, I think South's out of the race because obviously you got to get rid of uh, like Alex, unless Alex Johnson, unless Alex Johnson gets signed, they couldn't afford him. They can't afford him. They've got to re-sign Latrell. So it's like you know. I think Christian Welsh was outstanding. I last love week. him. That's what I was about to say. Nelson so Solomona. I mean. Cooper Johns is in there and Riley Jacks. It's the only thing that lets, lets them down because they've got Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses. They'll do their job. Penrith yeah. against the Sharks, who uh, they're okay. I mean, look, the Titans, I think the Titans were going to go on and win that game if Proctor mm. doesn't. They, they just, the Sharks didn't look Do you good. reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I that could be my I, back pocket. Yeah, talking, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think so. Um, <laughs> but they look dangerous, don't they? They do. Like uh, Penrith look really good. Like even their back line. The only doubt, the only sort of person I wouldn't have in my side is Tyron May. Yeah. Like I just had, I probably had Brent Naden in there and then there would be on the on the wing. Yeah. You know, you'd switch him around there. But Tyron May, does, he, he does the job there. But um, yeah, I think, look at that. Kick out, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yayo. Uh, Uppy Coruscant, man. How good is he playing again? He, I think he's going to rival Cookie for the nine. He'd be close. You know, like, I'm, I mean, Cook's playing some great football, but he's, mate, this kid, he's, he can hit good. He, he's just his tempo out of dummy half. But um, yeah, I've been impressed. I'm even impressed by um, by Sia Sifa Talakai. Oh, that I dude, remember he went, but he was at South a for a bit. fucking wrecking ball. He was at South, I remember. They reckon he was a massive junior talent and then. Yeah, I mean, just fell off the rails for a little yeah. bit and just. He's going come enormous. Back. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, I I like I like I like Cronulla. I just don't think they'll win. Uh, it's, a, it's a too good a side. Brisbane against St George. Remember when this would have been like this would have been this, this would have like been the, the best replay the best game. ever. Now no one cares about either I mean, side. Zach Lomax has been impressive again. He's good. Ravalawa, Corey Norman. He needs to just do more. I think that's that's what, that's what people want from Corey Norman. Just get the ball more and run. Yeah, you know, like I'm mean, a big fan of Normie. He's got a high skill set. What do they drop? Who they drop? Uh, our boy Brody Croft. About time. So you have got Tom Dearden there. Anthony Milford's got some pressure on him, but that backline man still. You got Richard Kenner, Katoni Stags, Jordan Kahu, Herbie Farmworth is great. Darius Boyd was okay last week. Isaac Luke's back at hooker. Fafita Tio, Patrick Carrigan. Have Joe they got Boyd at fullback still? Yeah. He's playing well since he's moved back to fullback. Well, he's yeah. a fullback. Yeah. I just don't, you know, this is, comes back to coaching again. You don't put a fullback at left centre mm. or on the wing. You know what I mean? You just let him, and if you're playing for a bad patch, he's seen you enough player to play himself out of it. Yeah. The, the way that Darius is at the back and the way that he controls that defensive line from, from the back and controls all the middle, they don't understand. They don't understand the little variables and the nuances as a fullback. He controls all these young kids when they're coming back and have no idea where to stand. He's telling them where to stand. You know, when you've got another kid who has only played like 20 games or anything like that, or you put Milford there who doesn't say a word, they don't listen. Yeah. Like Darius Boyd has played at the highest level. He's been successful at the highest level in origin and at test football at fullback. And, you know, just put him at fullback and let him play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not cooked yet. He's just playing underneath the coach that just doesn't have faith in him. Uh, the Titans, who I think have been a real success story this year, 
playing against the Canberra Raiders, who have no right to be winning games. Um, they still do, eh? But they just do. They just keep winning. I mean, they beat Brisbane last week, which sort of doesn't count. You basically got the bye when you're playing against the Broncos mm. at the moment. But when Hodgson went, you could make a case yeah. that they were gone. But they yeah, have really done well. Ricky Stewart's done a fantastic job with that Canberra yeah. side. Mate, George Williams has been outstanding. and But John Bateman. John Bateman. Makes a huge difference. Oh, damn. For a back row, I've never seen a bloke make such a difference, man. Like, he's, he's been carrying that side. The amount of, um, you know, like the, the hit-ups that he's doing, the line breaks that he's doing, the defence that he's doing. He's a, little, he's a niggling player. You know, yeah. He gets under people's skin. And they can't really handle that. Um, well, I mean, they, their bench is great. Joseph Tapine, son. Harry uh, Wirinara has been playing some good football. But, I mean, they've been pretty good, the Titans. I don't mind them. Ash Taylor's playing some right football. I like Jamal Fogarty. Wish I had more of a combination. I think I love that Jamin Jolliffe. He gets really good width off the nine. Yeah. Uh, runs some really good lines. Just needs a little bit of support. Everybody supports these front rowers, man. Yeah. Like, can you please support? Like, I just look at plays three and four. How many options are there are for front rowers to tip the fucking ball on and they just hold it? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's coaching because you have to get to a certain low spot. Low percentage, yeah. Low percentage, or is it, is it a high risk to try and hit a bloke? It's early ball's not high risk. And if high risk is the skills, is exactly. Just you know what I mean? I just like, you got these back rowers that are, that are as quick as backs over 20 metres. Hit some holes, boys. Play some football. Play what's ever in front of you. Stay on a hit. You know? Just follow a hip. I, I get it, man. Just like, especially when like Tyron Peachy's on there and he's just playing some football around the ruck. He, mm. he creates so much, man. So much. And they just don't run off him. They just let him go. Like, it's just unbelievable. Uh, the Tigers were very lucky to get away with beating the Bulldogs last week. Yeah. Tigers are a side. I reckon they always make jokes about the Tigers finishing ninth, right? That's about what they are. They're just yeah. they're, they're just not a good enough side to. I feel sorry for Maguire. Apparently, the salary cap's a mess, and you it know, is next a mess, year. mate. I said I said that. I mean, you got Luke Brooks on a, around about eight hundred. Moses on seven fifty eight hundred. Um, Duay, who, who's on probably six fifty. Russell good. Packer six fifty like seven hundred. Um, guys that he's, you know, Josh Reynolds on 750, 800. I'm not hating on any of these dudes' money. Get the money. Get all that money you can. But are they worth that much money? The sal- I mean, like, it's not like you're going to, to Canberra where you have to pay overs or you're going to a weaker club or anything like that. You know, you, you're still living in Sydney. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame what they've done there. So they'll be, they'll be way behind for a couple of years. They're not going to be able to buy a superstar player. Uh, Roosters, they'll come. Roosters, what do you? I mean, you got Hargraves back, man. It's massive. You got Brett Morris back. Um, who else? Uh, They just need to make the eight. Nat Nat Butcher, Isaac Lou. That bench is solid. Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't think they've ever got any problems there. No, they'll beat them. Uh, South Sydney up against Manly. Manly. This will be the toughest game to pick. Manly, they just never stop. Like they came back. They started night, good at twelve nil, twelve nil, but they scored that that first try from Cade Cuss, that bomb that went up, and then it went back in, and then Cade Cuss kicked over. Like it was, it was a bit of a fluky try, the first, um, the first, the first couple of tries. So they got off to a good start. Newcastle started off a little bit slack. Caelan Ponga wasn't really in the game. Mitchell Pearce wasn't really in the game, and then they, they, you know, they won a game that they should have won. Nights they would have been very disappointed if uh, if they had got beaten. So. You know, I think this week they can they can get it up. I reckon they can get it up. 
and the game as well. <laughs> uh, there's a blank screen over there. I wonder if the producers made a mistake. Hopefully, I hope you're still seeing us on Facebook Live because otherwise, the producer he's uh, none from two. The Bulldogs are playing against the Warriors. That Warriors side. Got some balls though, mate. Penrith, Penrith are a good football team, and for them to only get beaten 18 they 12, they're in the game, they're, they're in the game, in the game, yeah, right in the game. I mean, I think I know the big, uh, big ogre, Marco O'Mealy, is in charge of the biosecurity. And as soon as they let off, you know how they, they, were, they were trapped, they were pretty much trapped, they had to go play the game and then go straight back to their hotel, weren't allowed to leave. There was so they were so strict on it. When everyone else is doing protests and all that kind of shit, but they couldn't, they couldn't leave their, they couldn't leave their compound. All of a sudden, the last four weeks, going out, um, obviously within COVID restrictions and the Apollo rules and all that kind of stuff. You know, bowling, going to the movies, uh, jet skiing, doing all this sort of fun shit together, just um, you know, just hanging out as a team instead of in your rooms. Like I think that's really brought them together. Yeah, you know, and Ogre's really taken out. You know, he went to the NRL and said, look, these guys are really struggling. Guys, a lot of guys want to go home. Like, what do you, like, and a lot of guys, you know, sort of, you know, mental health issues and stuff like, what do you want on your hands? You don't want the worst case scenario on your hands. Mm. So the NRL have funded more, you know, a bit, bit more cash to let these guys be a li- have a little bit more freedom and just go out within the rules, not going out to pubs or anything like that, but they're booking out restaurants, just the whole team, going out for dinners instead of eating in the same place every night. You know what I mean? It gets a little bit monotonous, and those guys just can't who can't see their families or anything like that. I'm glad that you know Ogre really shows some initiative there, and that's how much he loves loves actually just looking after those players. So those guys are really they've, they've played some in the last four weeks. They're two and two. Oh, they're good. Yeah, they took the Roosters to the line. You know, and same as um, who they play on the weekend? They played Penrith. Yeah, Penrith. You know, so two uh, top four sides. Uh Hopefully, well, not hopefully, but I think they'll go right against the Dogs too. And the yeah. Knights probably won a game that for the last four years they would have lost, you know, where they, yeah. they had them coming the back difference. at them. And they've just they've, – they've seemingly got rid of a bit of that soft underbelly that night side. And, I mean, the Cowboys haven't because the Cowboys um, – I mean, they've just been so disappointing. That they should have won that game against South Sydney on the weekend. South were very, very lucky to get away eight with that. Eight points up with like eight minutes to go. Should um, be game over. But yeah, the Knights. Uh, look, I think I think the Knights. This will be the first time they've made the eight, probably since you made the preliminary that year. Yeah, yeah, um, since two thousand thirteen. So yeah. they should be. Um, they should be well on their way. I think that game against. Manly on the weekend, they won ugly. They come from behind, you know what I mean? So it was, it's just mentally just winning that game. Regardless of, of Manly having their key players out, like Fanul Blake and Tapao, uh, Tafua and all these sort of blokes, Trebojevic, they still won the game, mm. you know, and they did come from behind. And, they, and then right at the end, they lost the lead again and then they come back and got the win. Yeah. Cannon Pong going short side, fifth and last play, hit, hit, hit um, their young kid right on the chest, bang, try. That was clutch. From Ponga, but like you know, Ponga can't save him every week. No, that's right. Because a lot of a lot of teams, when they get to the get to the playoffs, they'll, they'll be ga- they'll be game planning they'll be for Ponga. You know what I mean? They'll be kicking, they'll be cutting his left foot off, they'll be doing everything they can to keep him on one side. So it's up to um, O'Brien to 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 figure that out, make adjustments on the run, and you know have a have a have plan have a plan B. 
because they're still getting used to Blake Green. I mean, that last 10 minutes, Blake Green got the ball three times in one set. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Pong's out the back. Just fucking hit him. Mm. Just get, I'd rather Pong out the back with 10 metres to, to move with early ball. than Blake Green hitting Mitch Barnett short. Yeah. I was just like making a couple of stupid errors. I just give Pong the ball. I don't care if people are ganging up on him. And, you know, they're coming from the inside. They're doing that. He can, he can manage. He's a freak. Yeah, he's too good. Aiden, my mate Aiden, will sort that out. Yeah, of course. Uh, all right, so let's go. Eels versus Storm. Ah, uh, Storm. Uh, Penrith Sharks. Penrith. Brisbane St George. Oh my God. Uh, Dragons. Titans Canberra. Raiders. Tigers Roosters. Roosters. Are you looking at it? Do I need to read yeah, this I'm out? Read it out. Just... Yeah, Rabbitohs. Bulldogs. And Knights. All right. I'm going to go Storm, Penrith, St. George, Canberra, Roosters, hmm. Manly. <laughs> yes. Uh, New Zealand. All right, all right. And the Knights. Okay, two different. There you go. Uh, I think I'm still six up on yeah, you. Yeah, you are. I need a couple of full rounds to get you. Yeah. And you need to, like, get two. Yeah, well, <laughs> I should just actually wait till you tip for the rest of the year and then just tip exactly what you do and I win. Well, that, I'd that thought would be of very, that. very bad. I wouldn't the do that. The punters wouldn't like that. No, no one would like that. They would, they would hate you. I would because I'd beat you. <laughs> uh, so there we go. And one of the things that we obviously haven't done in our production meeting because the producer's not particularly good at his job is to work out whether or not we're going to keep going. Are we going to keep going, producer? We've had a couple of rugby union stories which have warmed my heart, William, but it's time for us to delve back into the annals of rugby league Mm. history. Let's go back into the mid-2000s. I know you don't like giving specific times for specific trips, but you've just won a World Cup, was it? yeah. One of, one of, I mean, Four Nations World Cup does this thing. Only, only Four Nations. There's only Four Nations. League anyway, so one of a few of those. Um, anyway, this is a not a bad story. This is my uh, NFL little story because this was before social media and you could hype the shit out of it like the big Jared Hayne plane train. Which, oh, you've done a great job. Shout out to Haynes. He's a legend and a friend of the show. Um, you know, so this was, uh, I think it was around 2005, 2006. Um, so... You just win it. You just win your four nations. You're not really concentrating on going over to the NFL and doing a combine. Like I mean, like yeah. Did you see how like how how important it is to actually do that sort of shit? You got to any any American fans out there or anything? You got to train for that shit. So I've had a full season of NRL. It was one of my it was one of my best seasons. Um, got a few offers from the New York Giants and the New York Jets to come over and do their and do their workout. They wanted to work me out, do their combine, all this kind of shit. I wasn't really in the NFL back then. I, I sort of respected the game. I was like, oh, yeah, I could be good at this game. Whatever. wasn't really. I was pretty blase about it. They put us up at um, – so they flew us over business class, did, took care of everything. I had to meet my manager. At, so they put us at the Tribeca Grand in New York. And I'm thinking, damn, this is just like a free holiday. In November, <laughs> it was freezing cold. So as soon as I played the final of the, of the, the Four Nations – in about six weeks, I non-stop partied for about three or four of those weeks. So it's summer in Australia, bang, on a flight. Still kept relatively fit and, you know, you don't really lose it because I've been trained that whole year. 
But I had a fair, I had a fair crack. You don't lose fitness anyway. It's sickening. No, I don't. I don't. And uh, I stay, I stay reasonably fit all the time. Anyway, I didn't really think it was that big a deal. Obviously, if it was right now and I did this sort of stuff, it would have been a huge deal. The papers sort of the 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 telegraphs tried to shit on it, just thinking it was it was nothing. And I just didn't really care what they said. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like I just sort of let them let them put whatever they wanted to do. But it was a great experience. So I went so I went over there. They, they put us up at the Tribeca Grand. It was like we had the whole we had a massive big suite. It was just me and my manager at the time, Greg Keenan. He was already there. We had our own driver. We had everything. They were just pimping it pimping it right out. And I'm like damn am i like i'm in new york though every every time we went everywhere we went like everything was already looked after yep uh, this is this kid from australia he's try he's uh doing the workout with a combine with new york giants and the jets let him in already on the door all this sort of shit so i was there for two weeks um so obviously you can fit a lot in two weeks so i had a certain date that i had to do the combine with at at new at, at, at the jets and the giants so just to explain to people, at this stage, do the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, who are your club at the time, do they know what you're doing? No. No. They know I'm in New York. And folks, he was a massive – he loved NFL. He loved the way it was. He was a big American American NFL fan. So I'll get to the end of that. This is where the, the rut started with um, myself and the Bulldogs. So, um, so I'm over there doing everything, doing a little bit of training, not too much. So with the combine, you've got to do a 40-yard 40, 40 um, – 40 meter, no, 40 yards, which is 36 meters. And at that time, I was running sub fives for 40 meters anyway. I could do a 4.9 for 40 meters. So, like, I was thinking, well, well, 36 meters, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least do a 4.6 or something, something like that. You got to do the L jewel, you got to do a, a, lot of, a lot of different things. Um, so, when I get to the Jets, the Jets something. So, I've been there for a week, not acclimated to anything. We're just having a really good time. Um, you got the bar scene down, Pat, by that stage. Oh, yeah. It was it was crazy, mate. And Tribeca Grand, the actual hotel where we were staying at, was pimping. It was oh, it was free, everything. We were down at the bar every day, and there was a couple of boys from that I played with, I'm not going to mention names. They met me in New York thinking it was just a big fucking holiday. Staying in, staying in my suite, just smashing piss every single night, going out. And I'm actually thinking, oh, well, I'll just go out with them. Not really, that, not that big a deal, whatever. So I did the Jets um, combine, and um, I did a four. I think a four six for the for the forty, and I did the the, the L drill. I like whatever whatever they wanted me to do. Like I nailed everything, and then so I had so it was just me myself. It was quite ner- I was like I had to go through the whole medical everything like that. It was so professional, and it was only me and my, man- my manager and myself. He got put in a corner. I said, "Go away." It was it was myself and like thirty coaches, the O line coach, the defensive coach, the um, the tight end coach. The, it was the head coach. Everybody was there, and Man Mangini was the head coach of the jet of the of the Jets, and he coached in Australia, so he knew about rugby league and what sort of athlete I was and stuff like that. So he's like, just get, just sort of, just sign this kid on the on the roster. So like I nailed all those things, and I decided to do all the. So just so I got trained as a defensive end, and they're like I was up against their whole O line, and they're like just get to the quarterback as as quick as you can without using like I didn't know I didn't know the um, the rules as I know now, but without grabbing or anything like that. so I sort of know I knew those sort of things, 
just a little bit of late footwork, spin, all this kind of stuff. I got to the, the quarterback six times. I mean, five five times out of six. Yeah, right. Yeah, so like these guys, these big O linemen, about six foot eight, oh, at least a buck eighty. Just couldn't really move that good. I mean, like I was beating them on the outside, beating them on the inside, and I was like, okay, I'm just getting to the quarterback quite easy. And then I was running routes at a tight end. And I had all these coaches like just telling me like it was like all these different stances. Come here, boy. Like put put your leg here. No, then it wasn't like in the right place. Get it over, like, kicking my leg, kicking my arm, doing all this sort of shit. Go get over there, and then like just now put me in the right position, like the power position, then go. Like he was just like prop. I was like, all right, go, all right, do it. So like just I was as a physical, my physical like as a specimen. They just wanted me on their books. Mm. Like the contract was sitting there. Right there, like sitting there at the Tribeca Grand to be on their roster regardless, on their train-on squad and everything for their 53-man squad because I was six foot five, wingspan, I'm 198 centimetres, wingspan's 211, had soft hands, had good footwork. They're like, fuck, we could just sort of just, I don't know what this kid's going to do. Maybe just, just get him through preseason and all that sort of shit. And he could be like, could be a tight end, could be defensive end. Anything yep. like that. Like, and, I was, and when I look back on it now, I was like, yeah, I actually probably could, you know? So anyway, so that was the end of that. I was like, that was like, it just, I was like, fuck, thank God that's over. So a couple of my mates were, um, were over, so we're celebrating because I was thinking I was going to sign. I was going to go, all right, worst case scenario, I signed with the, the Jets and because they, they were the most keen because I did the same thing with the Giants. They were the most keen. And I was just like, oh, well. I'm going to be here next year, regardless, and then I'll come back with sign with the Bulldogs for what lifetime? When I'll be twenty, I'll be twenty-seven, twenty-eight, whatever. If this doesn't work, I'll just come back. So I'm on, I'm on the fucking speakerphone with uh, George Raponis, Steve Folks, and Malcolm Node, and I'm like, can I just like, can can because obviously the NFL didn't give a fuck about me. Who the who am I to to, to those guys? Like you're just a, a rugby league player, so they needed a full clearance from my team. And they wouldn't give me, they wouldn't let me out of my contract for that one fucking year. The Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, yeah. yeah. The Bulldogs wouldn't let me out. And I said, folks, you know how much you love NFL, you know what I mean? Regardless, I'll come back 27 years old. I'll sign a five-year deal. And like Malcolm Node and Jordan, no, you're not doing it. I was like, fuck you. Like that was pretty much the rut and just started like the worst thing. Anyway, so we fucking partied that hard. We're out at the Marquee. Marquee's this, you know, fancy sort of joint. They put us at the front of the door. A couple of my mates that were like, so we partied pretty hard. It was crazy. Like we let the door, the line was about probably fucking 200 meters long. And my manager went, oh, look, I think our names are on the door. And then a couple of loose blokes from Australia, I'm not even going to mention them. Uh, walked in and then the bouncers are like six foot eight and just huge, big black American dudes. Just like next minute, one of our boys, one of the boys, we were getting loose. We had our own booth, everything like was going crazy. And this dude just doesn't take shit. Like, I'm obviously not going to mention names. Just doesn't take shit. This bloke was sort of going, "You need to leave." Grabbed him by, <laughs> grabbed him by the throat. And I'm, I'm like, "What are we? What are we doing? We had so much alcohol. We have such a good time." Obviously, he's fucked up somewhere. And then I was like, "What happened?" He, goes, I didn't do shit. Blah blah blah. So I've grabbed the bouncer. Dude was mate. He would tower over me, and he just looked at me. I, I like, he just looked at me. He goes, "Don't." <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to do anything. I wasn't going to punch you. I said, just don't like, because he had his hand caught, was going to smack the shit out of my mate. So I just sort of grabbed him and said, don't, you please don't. I was like, please don't. I said, he's not doing anything. You know what I mean? And then we all settled down. 
And then they let us back. They, they just let us chill out. Bang, sat down. And then we ended up partying with them, went back to their loft and just went fucking nuts for like two days. It was one of the craziest shit we've ever done. All because I swear my mate was going to hit him. And I was going to, I was going to, obviously not going to hit the bloke, but just sort of break it up. Anyway, the boy goes, all right, love you Aussie dudes. Let's go nuts. Shut the club down. Went back to their loft. You can just imagine what happened. And it was crazy. So that happened for about another two days. Kept partying. Then uh, flew home. The end. Well, as you would know by now, uh, Will's going to put his headphones on. Uh, <laughs> we... Uh, We've been live on Facebook. Uh, what we're going to do every week, that noise is William putting <laughs> headphones on and, his big head. And running over the fucking thing. This is good. This is very good. So this probably should be the live bit, watching you do this. But because we are going live, we have asked, we're doing obviously more things on social media than we did. And we have been asking for questions, or the producer has. Uh, I've got a question for the producer, actually. How come in the promo stuff you've cut my head out completely? Uh, I think the answer to that is my head's awful. But one of the questions that we got, which is actually uh, quite interesting, I think, is wanting to know from Peter Chapman, with NRL contracts, how exactly do they work? So if you get, uh, just say you've got a 500K contract, do you get paid monthly? Does the agent fee get taken out of that? I mean, do, you, do they pay you as you go or is it just one big lump sum? Yeah, Um it's a nice question, Peter. But um, like, just say when you when you're looking in the, you know, the Telegraph or whatever, they got million dollar contract, five hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, first of all, half that because forty eight cents goes to the tax man. Yep. So you're probably looking at what two seventy after that, two eighty. I'm not good at maths, but like, just to that. And then unless your manager is has got a really good rapport with the club, sometimes he will go, okay, the the club will pay the management fees, which is could go from. Four percent to about seven percent, you know what I mean. So that's what you take. take just say take fifty grand. Take take fifty grand out of that. That makes me sick. You got like so that, and then you're down to two twenty, um, and then you got to deal with that. You know that's from a five hundred thousand dollar contract. Can you mm. imagine if you're like just say on a you know your your average sort of salary is like maybe two hundred? You know what I mean. You're talking half less than half your money, mm. and then you're talking million dollar contracts. Like okay, well. Obviously, nearly half that. You're probably on six hundred. Then your manager's going to take a fair bit, six fifty, and then all the other other little things that come out. Like, it's, so what happens? What happens with get, third party then? So uh, is that all part of your contract? So just say no, you get five hundred. If if someone comes in and says, like Ned's come in, for example, and say we want to pay you, you know, another two hundred grand because yeah. we like your head, then do that does that get paid separately? There's only a certain amount of players that get that if you're a, um, a franchise player. So it could be three players, it could be four players that get third-party deals. Yeah. Not everybody gets that. Yeah. You know, so you're going to get, if you're if you're at the Roosters, you're probably you're looking at your Tedesco's. Um, you may be a Hargraves, Boyd Cordner, you know, those sort of players, Keary. Yeah, and then you've got to select. Because like, a superstar team, you only get, yeah, as I said, I think it's about three or four players. And they can, I think they can get up to 150, maybe 200,000 on the side as a, for a sponsor. Mm. Um, and so you've got that, that can get you that, that extra money, but like, it's, it's not as, you know, souped up as it, as it looks, you know, you're not getting $1 million. No, a million dollars. A million dollars. You're not getting that, you know, you're looking at half that money. 
you know. So and then it gets paid each month. So usually, just say on a five hundred thousand dollar contract, you're looking at just say before tax, after tax, you could probably get like just say thirty grand after tax. It's like you're probably getting like nineteen twenty grand. Then you've got to pay. Obviously, if you invest your money right, hopefully, you know, if your manager's really good, you wouldn't be seeing more than half of that. You probably you could live off five grand a month easily. Managers aren't good though. Yeah, managers don't give a shit, you know. So, you know, you got a limit, limited time in the game. The managers want to, the managers, they try and do the right thing by you, by just getting you the maximum amount. They think they've done their job by that. But as we said, and we've talked about it on the show, it, it's it's more than that. It's a full-time job. They're the filthiest grubs in the world. You know, so I just think, you know, they, it comes every month. You know, if you're talking about 500, you probably probably only take it about 230, $230,000 home, which is Obviously, a lot. You've got a limited time in the game. We're not like doctors where you can, you can be a doctor for 40, 50, 60 years and even any, any blue-collar jobs you can have. You know, you've got a limited time and you can't, you know, you've got, to, you've got to get as much money as you can but be smart with it. So half these guys, you know, and you're talking the top, uh, top echelon that's on the 500 to a million dollars. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, you know, most of these guys are on 120, 160, 200, 250, you know, like it's, 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 it's a battle out there. If our, if our show had a salary cap, I would be the highly paid. You would be, the, be the, the top, top echelon. Be coming at me. The only other question that we've been asked that I want to bring up is Brad Scott. I think he thinks that I've been putting too much on the producer and he wants us to give the producer a right of reply. And I promise you, Brad, at some point this year, he will definitely get his filthy, ugly head on this podcast. And I can guarantee you, you will be disappointed. Because he has done nothing but disappoint both of us. <laughs> Get Papa Smurf on. Thank you for tuning in to our quarter century, 25. Yeah. We're growing up, Will. Yeah, well, finally. We're growing up in a way that is exciting too because we are now all over social media. We've got Facebook Live We've got the podcast going yeah. on Apple iTunes. We've got it on Spotify. What we need you to do is to rate, review, subscribe, and that's all, I think. That's all you've got to do. And no, it's good. Watch. I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. You know, I think the producer himself uh, has done some wonderful things in the last, what, since, what, we've gone through COVID. We're just doing audio. Now we're in a new new studio. Now we're doing audio and visual. We're going to be on YouTube. We're going to be on Facebook. We're going to be on SoundCloud. We'll be on every single major media outlet. So you, you cannot miss us. Especially MySpace. So <laughs> everybody, every Wednesday, tune in on Facebook Live. Yeah. We will be here. We look good. We're very handsome men. Uh, and it is what it is. Obviously, if you watch the show, there's fuck all editing. We just, <laughs> we just live. We are this stupid live every week this is this is what happens this is me get involved all right i'll be following willie more and more back in the nrl is willie mason i've forgotten how big willie actually is perhaps the presence of willie and the panthers looking at his imposing frame i'm a 25 minute man Fuck. oh you got skill son uppercut right hand by big willie too fancy for you You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.